You're listening to Seamside, where we explore the inner work of textiles. I'm your host, Zach Foster, and today I've got a really special Seamside for you, a two-part documentary project on the building of a very special quilt. Hey, Seamsiders, you may have heard, but the Nook is turning two years old real soon. And so to celebrate, I'm giving away two annual memberships good for the entire year of 2024 to two people listening to the sound of my voice right now. I won't be sharing this giveaway anywhere else but here on Seamside, so seems to me your chances are pretty good you could win. To enter the giveaway, there's a link in the show notes below. Drop over there to get your name in the hat, and you have until December 31st. 2023. I'll draw the winners on January 1st, 2024, and the winners will get 12 months of quilty goodness. That's 12 different workshops hosted by visiting artists, 24 sewing circles hosted by me, along with countless other sewing circles hosted by other good folks on the Nook. Every day of the year, there's something happening over on the Nook. There's so much to love. I hope to see you there. I recently spent a week in Chicago with my good friend Amanda Nadig making this quilt out of a client's retired collection of high-end silk neckties. And since I'd recently bought a small handheld recorder, we thought it'd be fun to keep a daily audio diary, taking you behind the scenes as we're making this quilt, encountering creative obstacles when things don't quite go the way we'd hoped, how we navigate through this particular project together, and all along the way, we share some helpful tips and meaningful reflections designed to get you thinking about how you may want to incorporate artistic collaboration in your own creative practice. This quilt was commissioned by a client that has recently retired and was looking for a way to commemorate the many years he spent dedicated to his distinguished career, a career that called for a number of fancy ties, so many ties, in fact, that he likes to say that he could wear a different tie every day for a year and not repeat. And these were beautiful high-end silk ties, y'all, from designers like Ferragamo and Hermes. The colors in these ties and the subtle but playful patterns made a joyful starting point for this quilt. His idea for this project would be that it would be the focal point of his new home office. He's got a couple of windows in a row, as you can imagine, sharply gabled roofs with a round circular window at the very top. This long quilt that's going to measure 10.5 by 2.5 feet is designed to fit above his row of windows and under that small circular window in the gabled ceiling, just to give you a picture. While Amanda and I have structured our collaborations in different ways before, we decided that for this particular project, we were gonna front load a lot of the work. So before we met up in Chicago, we each made two patchwork strips, sewing scraps of silk tie straight onto the batting. And we called these strips scrolls. They were six inches wide, by 33 feet long. That's over 10 meters, y'all. Making these scrolls gave us plenty of raw material to immediately start building a quilt out of when we got together in Chicago, where we would spend five and a half days sewing our hearts out. I fly in on Wednesday night, and we pick up here on Thursday morning. So it is day one of this great collaboration between me and Amanda, and I just got into Chicago last night. She came to pick us up from the airport, and... This morning, the first thing we did when we sat down together was to pull out the two scrolls that we'd been working on and just revel in seeing them in person together. What did you notice, Amanda, when you first saw the the piece that I had made? 
Well, I noticed you have more angles in yours and I really admired how you like pulled two different colors of a tie and kind of just played with those two colors, switching them back and forth. I noticed these little windows, this like motif that looks like a window to me. It's like a framed square within a square. What'd you notice about the squirrels that I made? Well, I looked at yours. I'm like, wow, mine are so basic. <laughs> like I... I was crunched for time right before coming here. And so I intentionally just put big fields of color, large open mm -hmm. blocks together with the intention of going back and putting some of those hand applique details like I'd already seen in some of the pictures we'd swap mm -hmm. back and forth. And so, yeah, side by side, yours were already a work of art. Mine were a foundation for a work of art. You already had all these great moments built into your scroll, which has been really sweet. I was really relieved to see that you did that, though, because some of my little curves i have a lot of little curves because i was just really enjoying how the tie silk could curve so easily for the applique i don't ever work with fabric on the bias and when i saw you do did samples months ago just with your own tie, ties from high school mm -hmm. i remember you were doing that little motif so mm -hmm. i was happy to do it i was excited to do it but i was also like bummed out i didn't have any large fields of color so mm -hmm. i think you need that area to rest so that you can enjoy the more complicated yeah. moments so i just thought it kind of worked out perfectly that you had the that to contribute so we could mix them together the beauty of collaboration yeah yeah, and turns out I didn't, I feel like I knew this in the back of my brain, like I'd heard it once, but it would, took this project to really drive it home for me that ties are almost always kind of biased because it helps you have that tension in the knot to keep the knot tight around the neck. That's why we're working on the bias. Okay, so here we are on Amanda's couch and we're gonna describe to you our three favorite prints. And the funny thing about all these prints is from six feet away, they would just look like really dignified patterns. But when you get closer, they're really funny. So here are a few of our favorites. The first pattern that really sells to me is a red pattern that has two cups, two metal cups that are like entwined in this long infinite ribbon. And it makes me think of the tarot. It makes me think of two cups, two often being a sign of partnership and cups being containers and vessels for whatever we need them to be. So I think that's one reason why this one stood out to me. I love that. I never noticed that. This pattern I'm really drawn to, it's gold. And it has these two elephants that are wearing a printed textile on their backs. And there's like a tree dividing them. I'm going to tell Zach to put pictures of these prints in the show notes so you can see the ties that we're working with. Okay, my second favorite one is this dark, dark navy that has all these little bunnies. Sometimes the bunnies are in profile. Sometimes they're looking at you. Sometimes they're hopping over a little clump of grass. And sometimes their little bunny butt is sticking at you. And it makes me think of our friend Heidi. Mm -hmm. I am so drawn to anything pink, but there's this lovely pink background and it just looks like it has this little white repeating print. But then when you look closely, it's a little sheep jumping and there's even these little lines and cartoons that show movement. So you can tell that it's like hopping over this little fence. Another pattern I really like is this red pattern that has all these animals staring out of windows. There's like a giraffe looking out of a window, a kangaroo, there's a tiger, there's all kinds. And they're, we just see their backsides looking out the windows. It looks like they're looking at paintings to me. Yeah, maybe they are. Like they're in an art gallery, they're all looking at paintings. But how strange. I love that. And then the last one, I just absolutely love a light blue with a pale pink print. And these are just, it looks like a bunch of diamonds. But then when you look, you look at it, zoom in and it looks like wine bottles or some kind of long skinny like glasses. And then you look closer and you notice it's a little golf, like a cart you pull with your golf clubs on it. And then 
the center of each diamond has a circle, and that must be a golf ball. And I'm not even a golfer, obviously. You can tell from what I'm describing it, but it's such a beautiful print. Friday, day two. Amanda and I hadn't realized it yet, but light was going to play a huge role in this project. And that's because the colors of these silk ties are the number one most compelling feature of this quilt. In the daylight, they are radiant. But by the evening, when the sun was setting, the quilt started to look kind of like a a lesser version of itself. The first time this happened, we didn't realize how much of an impact the daylight was playing. So we began devising ways to fix the problems we thought we saw once it got darker. This led us to trying a few different things, like the white dashes you'll hear me talk about in this segment. But in the end, we realized that we just needed to embrace that daylight was a critical player in the magic of this project. We also started realizing as we worked together that we are crafting a language around this project specific to this particular quilt. And that's because when you work alone, you don't really need to vocalize your thoughts the way you do when you're working with somebody else. So let's have a listen to see how all this plays out with light and language. So it's Friday morning and I'm sitting here on the couch. Amanda had to go into work today. It's the last day before Thanksgiving break. I think she's going to do some like shrinky dink crafts with her kids. And I know they're excited about that. But I'm sitting here on the couch picking up where we left off last night with this quilt. And we got a lot done yesterday. We took the two scrolls that we've made. We've cut them into about three and a half, four foot lengths. And we're arranging them at this gentle angle throughout the quilt. And it's looking really good. So we have these two large rhombuses, rhombi shapes of these strips all stitched together, all sewn down. But what was happening by the end of the day, we felt that it was just this undifferentiated mass of like really beautiful colors of silk, but just like a jumble. And Amanda, I know, is really keen on having like, she just keeps saying, I need a spot for my eye to rest. Like I need to know where to go. And so we're trying to figure out ways to create those restful spots. And our first idea, and the way that we've settled on doing that this morning, is to create some kind of white dashes throughout the quilt. And these dashes would run at the same angles as the quilt strip. So they'll reinforce one another. And we're going to make those dashes by unpicking (laughs) some of those uh, stitches that we've done, sewing those strips together, maybe about 12-inch segments or so we're going to unstitch. We're going to turn under the patchwork, the quilt top, revealing the batting. We're going to put a little layer of white sheer on top of the batting just to finish it off a little bit. But that'll give us these kind of white glimpses, these white streaks throughout the quilt, glimpses into the interior of the quilt that will also create a structure or a skeleton that will hopefully differentiate and de-jumble the the patchwork that we have at the moment. So that's what I'm sitting here working on. We'll see how it works. We'll find out later. So Amanda just came in on her lunch break. She forgot her phone. (laughs) And we looked at that white dash, that little experiment I'd made this morning, and we decided we didn't really care for it or feel like it was necessary anymore. And we think the reason probably is, is that the dissatisfaction that we were feeling about how muddy it all was probably stemmed from the fact that as the sun was setting yesterday and the light was turning blue and getting darker, that our favorite thing about this quilt, which is the color palette, was being diminished. And now seeing it in the light of midday sun, it's just it's gorgeous. So we decided we don't need the white streaks after all. We're just going to play around with bringing a little more balance to the color now. 
It's pizza night. We I just think... had Chicago style pizza. Deep dish. Deep dish. So now we're happy and we're sitting on the couch <laughs> and we're looking at today's work. Amanda, what do you see on the floor before you? Well, I see um, the original scroll we each brought and it's cut up and they've all been appliqued to one another and these two kind of symmetrical clusters. Rhombuses. Rom- oh, rhombuses. And we balance them out by... We noticed the left side had a lot of smaller shapes, and we saw a little more openness than we wanted on the right side, so we began applying some little moments. We're really celebrating how the ties are cut on the bias so they can do this interesting curve, so we were applying this kind of slight curve. Yeah, like one of the things I think we both really enjoyed about working with tie silk is like the material really does have a mind of its own doesn't it that like mm-hmm. being silk and being called a bias you can't fully convince it to do exactly what you want it to do like it's going to have its way which is actually fun i think yeah it's fun that you can just pin them down roughly and then we can each grab a piece go sit down talk for a couple hours and then lay it back down and it's a little it's where we knew it would go but it looks a little unexpected it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a surprise I always find it interesting to think about the vocabulary that that just naturally occurs in the mind of the artist or maker as they're working to refer to certain things, right? Like, so we've been talking about the rhombuses, for example, quite a bit. And we've been talking about the scrolls that you and I made. Mm-hmm. But then your scrolls from the beginning had more of the smaller shapes. And in my mind, I've been calling them like doodles or squiggles. Mm-hmm. We also said like alleles because they kind of look like, for those of you who remember high school biology, like pairs of genes, kind of like Mm -hmm. touching and pairing that way. Do you have any words that you've been thinking about when you think of these shapes? No, but what I did notice is that you put a cute, well, you did refer to these pairs as being like, oh, this is a collaboration between two artists. Oh, yeah. And then, but you did throw in some little diamonds, which is really sweet because you know that I love the diamond shape in a quilt. Um, oh, and you said... Oh, you have some windows, and you have yeah. these window shades. Is that what you're going to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have these really sweet windows. We're kind of like, what are we looking at? And That's so we, we've like. been stepping back today, this afternoon, and thinking about, okay, are there enough windows on each side? Mm-hmm. Are there enough alleles on each side? Like, yeah, someone who just, like, of... walked into the room would be like, what are y'all talking about? But yeah, it makes right, sense right, to right. Us, right. <laughs> we know exactly what those little things are, Yeah. So I feel like in the last half hour, we've been working a lot today and we've had pizza and we've had family over mm-hmm. and we've been playing tunes on the jukebox and it's all been really fun. And I think we're about ready for bed. But <laughs> I think we've made some really good progress here. So we've got our all of our scroll work and our rhombuses and everything laid out on top of about four yards of black silk sari that we've got, vintage sari that we got off of eBay. Mm-hmm, with a lovely gold print type of leaf well it's like woven into the fabric woven in there yeah yeah. it's not just a print yeah it's a woven pattern of these little gold moments which is cool because your sister who is over tonight said it's like one of the tie patterns has been like enlarged Mm -hmm. right and so it's like it's been scaled up which is a fun way to think about pulling in this fabric that wasn't part of the original tie collection but And anytime you do i know when you do a drawing or painting and you bring in a little black 
it just elevates the colors. It just makes them more, they glow more. And so just a little bit of this peeking through, we're noticing it's just honoring the direction we wanted all the lines to go. And it's also framing out some areas that we're trying to highlight. I don't know. So now we have a few things just laid out, but starting, the lighting is dim. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited to get a good night's rest and just view it tomorrow with some natural light pouring in and just seeing like the colors again. And so we can just see it like this tomorrow. What's the first thing you're going to do with this quilt in the morning? I'm going to yell at my kids if they try to walk near <laughs> it or the dog. Yeah. And mess it up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just excited to, I'm going to just stand at the bottom and the center of it. And I'm going to look at it. And then I'm also going to stand across the room at the base of these stairs way far away and look at it from like a vertical view. It is interesting how it, how you see it differently yeah. depending on how far away you get or what angle you view it from. I might even photograph it and turn it to black and white grayscale and kind of notice how the value is distributed since it is so colorful. I'm curious how we... You know what would also be interesting that? to try would be to... With this, this quilt is semi-symmetrical right like overall the the principles are symmetrical but it the is. individual details definitely aren't but it would be interesting to just take a picture of half of this quilt mm. and then flip it and mirror it i love that to see like how wonky it actually is yeah that you would know? be cool yeah let's try that okay but we do have some detailed hand sewing too i think we have a, a lot start. of yes a lot of hand applique so we'll have to temp, like pin them down, but we're going to keep the kind of the overhanging pieces of tie silk the way they are, like not tuck it under too much. Mm -mm. Yeah, we like the, the soft raw edges. The soft raw edges, yeah. The gentle curves, the mm -hmm. gentle contours. But it's all connected. So what are we going to do, Zach? We're going to have to sit on the couch too. This, oh, we're going to so sit no, on the couch together. Well, God no, forbid. Are we going to make it modular? So it's two pieces or we, we might need to. I know. Well, this is the thing. I mean, cut it down the center. We might have to cut it down the center. I mean, I kind of love the idea. My original thought when we were planning this is that there was this center point and mm -hmm. all these lines are coming out of it and slightly changed, but not really. This could have a seam down the center. Yeah. Maybe the centerpiece. Yeah, I don't know. That could be a neat thing to do. But then if one, because we still also want to hand quilt it, maybe densely. We're not quite sure. Yeah. Because of the way we both hand quilts, we both like to sit down on the couch with it. But we also, I notice I like to like move it around a lot and stretch it over my legs to get it taut. I like to stretch it over that cafeteria tray that you have. Oh, yeah. So that would be challenging if we kept it as one whole piece for that. So we have to think about that. It does seem like that's becoming an element of our collaborations. Mm -hmm. It's like the quilts that we're building are modular in a sense mm -hmm. so that we can both work simultaneously side by side. But they would be very difficult, I believe, to tell where it's no, split. Because it so. gets healed in the end, like Heidi would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We heal the seam or something, I think she says. I like that. We also need to do some reality TV research tomorrow. Oh, right. Where do you recommend that we start? Oh, yeah. We've got to talk. To, yeah. Um, we've already watched some Naked Attraction. I don't think we need to see any more of that. It was good, though, for a minute. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> so what else should we watch then? Well, we could watch. We definitely were talking about watching Golden Bachelor, but I'm interested in watching Next in Fashion 
because it's a sewing competition and there's a lot of like critiques happening with textiles and challenges. And I think that'd be something fun to watch with you. Well, and these days I'm really trying to tap into my like inner Tim Gunn. So I think that sounds Mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Love Tim Gunn's way of gently suggesting new ways of looking at something or how directions can change in a project. I like that too. But for now? We don't have a Tim Gunn, but... But we do have (laughs) (laughs) two empty beds ready to be crawled into. Yes. So folks, we're going to go sleep. We'll see you in the morning. Good night. Saturday, day three. Continuing on the theme of creative vocabulary, Amanda and I reflect in this segment on our stitch languages, how they're similar and where they're distinct from one another. It's fascinating to read stitches like language. And so in this segment, we're sitting out on her patio and you're going to hear the occasional plane pass overhead on its way to O'Hare Airport. But bear with us, it doesn't happen often and the thoughts here are really too good to cut. So Amanda and I right now are sitting out on her patio. It is that little slice of the afternoon in November in Chicago where it's warm enough to sit outside. And so we're soaking up the sun and so on. And we got in this interesting conversation that we said, hold on a second, let's, let's get this down. And that's the idea of how stitches can be read almost like a signature and how everyone has such a distinct voice in their stitches. And so we thought that we would explore together. We haven't even had this conversation between us, so you're hearing it here first. What's so interesting to me about this, Amanda, is that normally when we're just sitting and sewing by ourselves, we don't have to articulate so much about the process. We just intuit and we just do and we move on to the next thing. But when you're working with somebody else, you have to put into words. Right. So in in that spirit, we're looking at these stitches and how do you know which ones are mine? And I'll tell you how I think I know which ones are yours. Yeah, I I know right away. So I'm stitching with the same color thread as you and I'm appliquing this really beautiful little piece of a tie right now. And I I know that I'm overlapping a piece you stitched on because the stitches are very small, but they have maybe it looks like two little stitches, two to three stitches could fit between them. I also notice how your stitches look when you're about to turn a corner. I feel like how you treat the edge. There might be like a couple that are close together and that might be how you're ending a thread instead of knotting. They're just these little, two little things together, like little feet of a little animal, right? (laughs) Weren't you calling that that a long time ago? You used to call it crow's feet. Yeah, mouse tracks or something. Yeah, but I also (laughs) notice when I'm looking far away at the piece you're working on and that has both of our stitches your whip stitches Mm -hmm. even though i can't see the stitches because they're small i see because the sun's hitting the way you do them kind of at a diagonal yeah yeah and so that right away i know is yours and then it's creating because of the distance we're sitting with the loft of the batting it's creating this little shadow that i feel like is really signature of your the signature Mm. thing and your whip stitches Yes, that's funny. I do angle my whip stitches. And it's funny that you think my stitches are tiny because I look at yours. I'm like, those are some stout and sturdy little stitches. (laughs) They just are so solid. I love that. I think looking at your stitches, and this was the last time I was visiting, was the first time I'd really thought about the interval between stitches. Mm. And I almost feel like that negative space almost is really indicative of your stitches. your, Your intervals tend to be much, much narrower than mine. So your stitches are closer together and I think mine are farther apart. Like I'm looking here at this red and white patch, the one where the animals are looking out windows 
And my stitches are about four times as far. Oh, yeah, far. that one, those are really far apart. Yeah. But I love that. They almost read as little black dots. Yeah. And I, I really like that. More like dots rather than a line. Like the interval between your stitches is so narrow right. relative to mine mm -hmm. that yours really form a dashed line where mine is more like dots strung together maybe. Yeah, they're like doing their job. Whereas mine's maybe drawing a line. Yeah. And doing their job. You also are not afraid to leave little surprise raw edges, <laughs> but it adds nice texture. And I, I, I can really add a ton of dense stitches where I'm trying to like hold that under. I'm almost like, should I be putting all that energy if the fabric does want to flip out? Yeah. And so then it almost becomes like a satin stitch, like really close together yeah. in areas and like trying to really stop flipping out. I don't want <laughs> it raw in that location. So I... I like the surprises that I can see when I'm sewing. I'm like, oh, you left that raw. That's cute. And then I keep going. Yeah, I love when you get those dense clusters of whip stitches that, yeah, do almost turn into satin stitches. Mm -hmm. That is trademark. I think something else, too, that you do with facility is you switch between stitches quite a bit. Yeah, I do. So you'll go from whip stitch to running stitch to whatever you want to call it, stitch. Just whatever the moment calls for, right? Well, that's, that's really based on how it feels for me because I, I'm just going to switch when I'm either bored with, I'm never bored, but yeah. if I'm just like, oh, I feel like I'll, it'll be really fun if I could just, and when I say switch, it's just between a little whip stitch. Sometimes I do a little bit of a ladder stitch mm -hmm. where you slide the needle in there and hide mm -hmm. the thread. But all in the um, same scene. Like all it's in the just, same yeah, scene. And then yeah. it'll turn to a running stitch. Because I don't know, I like rocking the needle different ways. And maybe that's why my hands are never tired of sewing. Because I'm not doing the exact same thing the whole time. That's a good point. I think of it sometimes like when I'm just sketching while I'm on the phone or in a meeting. And I'm just kind of like, and you start drawing over the same line. Sometimes when I'm... It's like I'm not thinking about it. It just feels right at the time, like something to keep my hands busy. Sometimes if we're deep in a conversation or I'm watching something, listening to a podcast, I notice I've gone around the thing like a couple times even <laughs> to get it extra secured down. Not like it's going to fall off. <laughs> just because it feels nice at the time. I love that. And there is two moments that we try to intentionally compare let's just take a pit stop and look at what you're sewing and what i'm sewing like are they speaking the same language do we need to make any adjustments yeah it's not like we're trying to make it look like we're using the same stitch language we also want to be starkly different either and you said this really keen thing about distributing well yes we want to have both of our voices on both sides but there's also something that's happening when let's say we put shapes down and then the other and then we both needle turn, applique them under. Mm -hmm. I think you turn under fabric differently than I do. What like do you they mean? Form, How do you figure? Well, that one seam, you were like, oh, the, you're, you made it really curvy, whereas yours are more angular. Oh, yeah, you're I right. I can see that. Yeah. And oh. so then we had to go back and decide, okay, in this segment, we're going to straighten this curve out. And in this segment, we're going to curve that straight line out. Or you just make sure you switch at that moment. Because I was doing it without thinking. And you were doing it, so it was natural to you. But just a line, just the way a line travels, because that seam creates a line yeah. from top to bottom. And your line, even though since we're working with the same fabrics, your line was significantly more 
had more angles in it than my line, those felt very different, mm -hmm. even though we treated the seams really similarly. Anything else about stitch language that we want to opine about, reflect on? I, mean, I think the first thing everyone thinks about is like, are we going to leave our knots showing or not? But I think it's good for us to think there's like so much more than that. I used to think there's only a difference between hand stitching and machine stitching. Like I could tell the difference between those in the beginning. And then later I'm like, okay, there's people that hand stitch and the people that hand stitch and hide their knots. So the more you work and see quilts up close hanging in shows where I've done some art trades where I traded my quilt for someone else's quilt. It's like I, I more and more see the difference between stitches, even if it's just all by hand or all by. Yeah, one of my most treasured quilting memories is going home to Tennessee with my partner for Thanksgiving early when we first met. And his mamaw took me back to her closet where she kept all the quilts and she could pull them out and run her fingers down seams. And she would know if she had hand sewn mm. that seam or which one of her sisters or her mother. Oh, wow. And she could read those like signatures. And that was so amazing to me. I also remember asking her that same day, this is this will show you how young I was as a quilter. I couldn't even tell the difference between hand sewing and machine stitching. So I'm like, how do you know? And she's like, well, it has gaps in it. And then someone else later told me it's like a the dash down the middle of a road. And I like thinking about that. You know, like a machine stitch is mm -hmm. an unbroken series of stitches in a line, whereas a hand stitch is a dash line because the thread goes in and out. I almost feel like you have to try both of them as well to just see the difference because you could do a hand stitch that's unbroken a back stitch sure sure something else that's really fun and i learned this from heidi parks in a workshop just even if something's hand stitched and then flipped mm -hmm. where you can't even see the thread she taught me to really notice and now i'm really keen to noticing like what seems that you can't even see the thread or hand because that's a huge difference well that looks yeah there's i love that there's texture there's shadow and the mm -hmm. seam that kind of wobbles a little bit yeah the wobbly and you can kind of mimic that on a sewing machine like i try to like set my stitches really oh, long real wide real long apart no. looser yeah it's still not the same but it approximates oh i might stop yeah. start just using yeah. a machine then no, i'm kidding I don't like sitting at a table. No, it's hard to bring your sewing machine out on the patio yeah, under right. the airplanes. I don't know, you listen at home if y'all are hearing these airplanes, but Amanda loves close to O'Hare, so yeah, <laughs> they're flying over us. There are a lot of transportation sounds, the airplanes. The sounds of human locomotion. Everyone's going somewhere, and I'm sitting on my butt sun. Yeah, in the sunshine. We're going to pause here for the week, and the next time you hear from us, we'll pick up with the quilting of this project how we decided what our overall quilting pattern would be, using our fingers as built-in rulers for keeping our lines straight, <laughs> straight enough, how we plan on sewing the two halves together so it's an imperceptible seam, and then we'll wrap up with some final reflections and tips that we hope will help support you in exploring your own creative collaborations. Until then, I hope you're well, I hope you're sewing something good, and I hope to see you soon, maybe on the nook, who knows. <laughs>